Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Season 7 of the Nahum Siegel Network. Hard to believe, huh? Pretty incredible. And one of the things we take great pride in is our JM Rewind show, which gives everybody an opportunity to hear some of the guests who've been part of JM and the AM recently, uh, but you may not have had an opportunity to hear their presentation. We start with a conversation with someone named Flatbush Girl. Flatbush Girl is a social media influencer, somebody who is well-known among the Instagram crowd, and she visited JM and the AM a couple of weeks back, and we had a comprehensive conversation. Flatbush Girl on this edition of JM Rewind here at the Nahum Siegel Network. JM in the AM, Tuesday morning broadcast, special guest in studio, one of the most talked about guests before she even got here, Flatbush Girl, who is a, uh, I think we could describe her as a social media sensation, certainly a social media influencer, and as somebody who has declared and now officially is running for district leader in the 45th district in Brooklyn, New York, is in our studio on this Tuesday morning here at JM in the AM. Flatbush Girl, welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you so, so much for having me. A pleasure. And by the way, anybody who wants to... Oh, already I see that you're a you're a very bubbly, funny, funny person, it looks Thank like. You. Anybody who wants to watch this encounter, go to Facebook Live, facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network. Again, uh, this entire thing is being... Um, is being uh, filmed and preserved at facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network. Uh, so if I were to ask you who Flatbush Girl is, what would you say? I would say she's a character um, that uses humor to communicate with our audience and create social commentary. Sometimes we don't see ourselves clearly when we right. just talk about it in plain language, but when we use humor, we can highlight some of the things that make us unique, make us strange, uh, make us amazing. Uh, and basically I've been using my platform to inspire, uh, the younger generation to try and inspire girls. And now it's time to get into politics. Interesting. Uh, yeah, to affect change, right? That's, it's one of the ways to affect change in this country, get involved in the political arena. Yes, I think so. Right. Uh, when did you realize at what stage of your life that you had these capabilities, that you had the comedy and combination with the ability to inspire etc cetera, etc cetera. when did this were you in high school when you discovered this would your family say at the young age of three four or five you were like this already when when did this start this whole thing um okay well it kind of was born out of necessity um i was trying to put my marketing agency out there on instagram everyone has some sort of company on instagram and it was really hard to convert um eyeballs into sales it was hard to you know get followers and I noticed that people posting funny videos were getting a lot more traffic. Hmm. So I said, hmm, if we could take the humor spin, then maybe we can start with humor. You and then- forced yourself to be funny. I did. For the, the cause. Yes. The, the <laughs> real secret is that I'm not funny at all. I'm just observant. Interesting. You you may have just broken the heart of a lot of teenage That's girls right. who follow you. you know? That's all right. I think it's important to you know deconstruct the things they're seeing so that it's not just you know superficial. Because they think you're hilarious. In fact, right. not just teenage girls. There there are adults in their fifties and sixties who, in the right. last week, have said to me, "I I just I listen and watch everything she says. I find her to be so entertaining and just full of you know interesting information and observations, etc." I think that humor. Um, what I'm learning is kind of like a muscle. 
that the more you practice it, um, the more it just ends up becoming part of you. Hmm. Interesting. Flatbush Girl is here in studio. Nahum Siegel Network on Facebook to watch our Facebook live video. Are you on any type of social media at this moment? At this second, yeah, I've been documenting as we go. Which means that you're doing what? You're, you're... Every couple of minutes, I'll right. do a 15 second clip and I'll share it with my audience uh, and kind of just let them know what I'm up to. Right. So do, do people know? That you're here today? Uh, of course people know that they I'm here know. today. I've been telling them last <laughs> night and this morning, and we're telling them right now. And do you have uh, followers around the world? Or because you're a Flatbush girl, the bulk of your following is really, you all know. All over the world. It's not just Brooklyn-centric. Yes. It's mostly, I So think, it's a shame that people outside of Brooklyn can't vote for you. <laughs> I agree with that. If we could convert this election into, you know, Instagram right. district leader, I think I would have an easier time. You would really. do pretty well, huh? Now, details for those who have the fortune of being in your district. Anybody who's in the 45th district, I assume it's the Councilmanic district, right? I assume so. I don't know. The 45th district in Brooklyn, New York, yes. has the right and, and is registered as a Democrat, has the right to vote for you on September the 13th. I think that's a Thursday, yes, right? Yes, it's two days after Rosh Hashanah. Right. Thursday, September the 13th, as district leader. Yes. Right now, what do the polls say? Are you are you uh, far ahead of everybody else? Are you you know in the back of the pack? How does it look right now? Listen, we're dealing with another district leader who people have never heard her name. Hmm. Um, people say to me, you know, I've been living here for a while. Who like who are you running against? And I say, well, why don't you know? Right. That's kind of an, an indication of her involvement. District leader is a volunteer position, and um, you have the right to uh, do the bare minimum. And you have the right to get very involved. Right. So if you don't know who your current district leader is, then that's an indication of how involved she's been. And I know that people around the world might find this hard to believe in 2018. And I think this is true. You'll tell me. A uh, district leader, it's one male and one female, correct? Yes. Which is really... When you I think, think it's when, amazing. When you think about the USA, it, it, it's so strange that that's how it worked out. But basically in all these districts in New York, they want one male and one female. Today that would cause, I guess, some... Some questions and controversy. That's a separate topic. Right. One male and one female right. to be, and you are being voted for independently. It's not like you're running with a male, you know, no, uh, no, candidate no, together. You're your independent ticket, yeah. and yeah. and and if you get the most votes in your female category, you will yes. be the next district leader. Yes. Does this this does not take effect September the thirteenth, right? I assume it takes effect sometime in the early part of twenty nineteen. If you would win, right? Um, I, would I believe guess. so. Yeah, you're correct. And that means that uh, have you thought about what your first act as district leader will be? Will it be something dramatic? Will it be something that will attract hundreds of thousands of people on Instagram? Um, I think I'd like to make it clear to my audience that the point of the platform, the point of forty thousand people gathering in one spot on one profile, is to show my accountability to them. So to continuously use opportunities to keep them in the loop, have transparency, allow them to send direct messages. I answer around 400 direct messages a day. Oh, very similar to the president of the United States. Transparency through Twitter and other social media. See? Yes. He's very into Twitter. You're very into Instagram. So I would like to just, you know, continue to use the platform to show them, you know, I'm here. I'm staying here. This is my main form of communication. And you can depend on me. Flatbush Girl is here in studio at JM in the AM. Facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network to see the video as it happens here uh, live in our studio. Um, some of the, th if I was as fascinated with Flatbush Girl as, let's say, my daughters are, okay. I would, <laughs> in fact, one of them said to me, she wonders if you would recognize her, um, 
her her, her ex- username. Her username. Thank you. Because we probably DM back and forth. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> so she asked me to ask you that specifically. Um, but if I was really, you know, daily on a regular basis. Uh, watching Flatbush Girl, I would know that you are into what? What are some of the types of things that really interest you? For instance, someone told me that the other night you were at a Jewish wedding, a really fancy, nice, beautiful Jewish wedding, and that you were lauding the Aaron Teitelbaum Orchestra. And I'm wondering, are you a Jewish music fan? Like, is that one of the things we would know about you? I love the way you posed the question. That's amazing. So one of the ways... um one of the ways that I keep the platform thriving, meaning there's a team behind the scene. It's not just me. Really? There are, yes, I have creative team members. I have script writers. Um, you know, I have caption helpers, people who help me strategize when to post, how to post. Obviously, I'm, you know, kind of at the head of it, but yeah. I, I need I would think at this point, you know when to post and how to post. Well, you know, there's, oh, Instagram is constantly changing its algorithm. It's becoming a very competitive, you know, landscape to be on. And one of the things I do is I'm a social media influencer. Right. This means that I try to create natural content to help promote people's businesses and whatever their careers are. Right. So if I'm uh, if I'm on my Insta story and I'm at a wedding and I'm sort of doing a promotion for Micha Gomerman and Aaron Teitelbaum Orchestra, you might be able to get lost in the content and imagine it's just me storytelling or documenting my evening. Right. But if you look closely, you'll notice that the tags and the call to actions are pretty clear. So if you have the antenna for it, you'll also notice that it's a big fat ad. And why Instagram? <laughs> Aren't there big, can't there be big fat ads and success on things like Facebook and Twitter? Not oh, the, one million percent. And, oh, there and can I, be. Yeah, there can and be. they're experts in that. So Flatbush Girl happens to be on Instagram. Would you say it's the best place for you to be of all the social media? I think out there? that right now within the, within the Jewish community, there's a lot of anonymity that you can have on Instagram, meaning on Facebook, it's kind of hard to have a fake username. Um, Instagram is a little bit more fine-tuned in what kind of profiles they allow you to create. Mm. And then with Instagram, you can just make any name you want. And so there's a lot of people who aren't comfortable with people knowing that they're using social media, who are using it. And um, I, I just find that it's you know a huge platform that the Jewish community is using. Interesting. Um, I was told that last night you actually demonstrated how to install the NSN app if somebody would want to hear this conversation. Yes, I did. That's pretty cool. I have to thank you for that. It's my pleasure. I hope people around the world are taking advantage of that service. I hope so. Uh, hey, I appreciate that. Uh, I remember when I, when this whole fascination with your career started to get to people like me, right? When it, when it, when it that went that far right. that it already reached someone like me. One of the first videos I saw was you shopping for flowers for Shabbos. Mm-hmm. Now, tell me. And the truth is I could ask my staff because they are, some of the staff members I have are as fascinated as my kids are with you. But why would I or should I be interested that you are now picking out flowers and and deciding which ones to bring into your home for Shabbos? I, I, I love that question. I think it's a brilliant question from a psychological point of view. Um, I believe that people have been consuming content over the years. They've been consuming entertainment that's very filtered. And that, oh, we, it's been approved for the air, right? right? And I think that we've become disenchanted and our antennas are up for sensing fakeness. And and people want a more organic connection to the people they're watching. There's a reason why reality TV took off so hugely, you right. know, just a decade ago. And there's a reason why the Kar- people are watching the Kardashians brush their teeth. Right. People want to feel as though they're watching. Because right, they think that that's not they, staged, right? Right, they right. think it's not right. staged. I mean, and it's right, And a lot of it is not, right? Exactly. A lot of it is more right. organic than, let's say, just watching a scripted television Correct. show. Um, so I think that it's relaxing for people. 
People can sit down on their couch and they can feel like there's someone they relate to and someone that reminds them of the things they're going through. And I think the smartest social media influencers are sharing their struggles, obstacles, and plights, not just sharing their their wins. Because this, but is purchasing flowers for Shabbos an obstacle or plight? What is well, that? Well, it's more like is it a struggle? It is helps it a... them identify with me as someone who's ah, similar to just them. Just like I will walk on a Friday and decide yes. what looks beautiful on my Shabbat right, table. Right. You're doing the same. It thing. engenders sympathy, and then my wins and my losses become shared with my audience. Right. Understood. Right? Interesting. Um, I think one other thing, if you people would know about me on social media, is that you know. Female equality is something really tricky to advocate for within the from community. Right. Um, you know, it could seem as well, though... Well, it's easy to advocate. You just have to get through the trickiness of being condemned. Right, and, exactly. You know, things right. like that. Which I faced a lot of. And yeah. I think that my audience has seen it's not really about just getting attention as a female. It's more about just saying things like our faces, just our right. faces should have more of a... a so I have to say, I applaud, I applaud your efforts, um to um uh, to remind the world of the absurdity of women's faces not being in Jewish newspapers. Thank you for saying that oh, because I, when it comes from a man it means so much oh, more. It's completely absurd and I believe that it is it is symptom it, it 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 let me put it the right way. I believe it leads uh symptomatically to a terrible terrible message to the young ladies in our community. A terrible message. And I don't think, it, it is shocking to me that responsible rabbis don't know that. That it, it, it's such a terrible, and in, I mean, you go back to any generation, there were, you know, women's pictures everywhere, and obviously, you know, anyway, we, we could talk about this yeah, for yeah, hours, right, but, exactly. but, but you get my point. So I was I very, but you also handled it with humor. You handled it in a very, Again, you know, you, you you weren't attacking anybody. You handled it in a very respectful humor. If people remember, many would disagree with. Right, you. they thought it was too strong. Right, I thought it was really <laughs> strategically Thank well you. done. Thank you, but I really can't take all the credit. Like I'm constantly sharing my ideas, bouncing ideas off of my husband. He helps me so much with helping. You know, if it were just me, it would probably come right. out a lot more. Strong. Would you be Flatbush Girl if if you were not married with two kids? Like, does Flatbush Girl have to be married with two kids? The the generic Flatbush right, the Girl? Gen- like the, like right. the caricature the brand, of it, right. the, brand. the brand. Like, could, you, could a single woman in the Flatbush community do what you're doing? I wonder. You know, it's it's amazing what you're pointing out. I think that in the community that singles face a very hard time being stigmatized Correct. and discriminated against as maybe having failed through the shidduch's process, mm-hmm. which is so sad and tragic. I think that at the end of the day, when people, um, you know, try to make fun of me, um, when they can fall back on the fact that I've been married for 13 years and that I have two kids, um, it kind of gives a little bit more credibility. And I, I appreciate that it gives my, you know, the points that I try to make more credibility. But at the same time, it is a, it's a sad observation. No question about it. Flatbush Girl is here and this is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world in the web at NahumSiegel.com on the NahumSiegel Network and, of course, in the beloved NSN app. And I welcome all of um, Flatbush Girls' followers who are now uh, viewing our Facebook Live video at this moment. We should mention, in the conversation we had moments ago about District Leader, September the 13th, we should mention, attention carefully, all the people out there in the 45th District in Brooklyn, the name you're looking for on the ballot is not Flatbush Girl. 
You are not looking to vote for Flatbush. Well, that'd be too easy, right? right. You, you wish it was, frankly. I wish. The, I, I, I'm going to legally change my name to that. Interesting. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you should make a big ceremony, you know, the whole thing. The name you're looking for is Adina Sash, and that is, in fact, your real name. It's not yes. like you've made that one up. Yeah. Adina Sash. So when you go into the uh, polls and you fill out your ballots... Uh, you look for the name Adina Sash in Brooklyn, New York, and that's happening on September 13th. I'm sure we'll remind you between now and then. Um, all right, so we mentioned about being married with two kids. I have a couple of questions for you. First of all, is it a good idea to be married at the age of 18? I love this question. <laughs> wow, I love it. When do you think of be, these questions? Because I think it, I got married almost 27. And, okay. I, and I always say to myself, what would have been if, in fact, I would have, you know, Met my Bashert at 18, 19, 20, whatever age you want to, you know, everyone plays that game, I'm sure. Um, did it enhance your life in, in a way that you have no, that you have, that you don't sit and wonder what it would have been like if you were a little older, having been married at 18? Wow. Um, are you sure your listeners can handle the answer? I would hope so. <laughs> and it's funny what you just said about the uh, stigma of singles. Maybe you would say it's much better. Thank God I'm married at 18. And wasn't looking for somebody at the age of 30. You might say that. Right, I right. Um, I think that everyone, I, I mean, I, with, I'm going to just preface it by saying there's pros and cons to everything. Right. Um, but I don't want to be too parav. I think parav is meaningless. So I'm just going to say that. Parav doesn't taste good, does it? Parav is just boring. <laughs> I mean, think of parav ice cream. It's like, eh. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> um, I think that when you uh, grow together with someone that you're able to, you know, kind of, have more of an open-mindedness that we're both, we're just two humans in a relationship and that, um, you know, we don't have to modify and adjust to what we're already familiar with because we're still just so young. Right. Um, so I think that's a great a, point. Right. Great point. Um, and I would argue that that growth can begin at 18 or it can begin at 25 or whatever, you know, as definitely. long as you're open and willing right. to, to grow up together, so to right. speak, no matter when it is. Um, I think that the system is, is interesting. I think there's pros and cons to it. Um, I think that we are seeing a shift in more modern circles where people are dating for longer. They could even be dating for like, you know, six months, which back in the day, like, you know, for me, like 13 years ago, like that was like, can a I long ask time. you went to high school? I went to Manhattan high school. Hmm. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I went to BYU elementary. Um, I touched in Yiddish for 10 years. And then you left Brooklyn and went to Manhattan. Yes. And I was the only girl from my elementary class who went to Manhattan high school. And it was, do you have friends from high school still? I do. Of course I do. Yes. But I have lost many friends along the way of becoming Flatbush Girl. I think that a lot of friends in my close circle um, kind of couldn't distinguish between the character and myself mm. and it made them somewhat uncomfortable. Is your husband ever uncomfortable? Um, he is my rock. He is always, he just, he's he my compass. Went, he went with this the whole way. Yes. No he, problem. He, and he's scripted most of my videos and I really I don't I don't really do anything without asking him his opinion. Not for permission. Right. But because um But his assistance. Yeah. Right. You you don't look like you're scripted. It's funny. Unless you have a really good memory. Well, you don't look you like You know what it is? It's more like when we make scripted videos. Right. It's not so much like oh what right, should the I general ones. Yeah. Shopping for flowers won't be scripted. Right, right. exactly. Yeah. Interesting. And the kids, I don't know how old they are, but are they cool with nine and three. Are they cool so, with the whole thing? This is, great... is their school cool with the whole thing? I know that's always an issue in Brooklyn. Right. The way schools view what you do as parents right. or don't do as parents. Right. Or what you have in your home or don't have in your home. And you can't tell anybody that you don't have a smartphone. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? I don't know, Flappish Girl. What are you talking about? 
<laughs> so uh, how do you handle that? Let's just say, every, for me, life is about dance, dancing delicately. And um, I've just been fortunate to have um, Hanhala, who understands that the goal is not just about attention, um, but the goal is more about uh, creating a platform to create positive change and influence. So I'm very appreciative. It happens to be that my nine-year-old son, Ruvain, is really like a Yotze Minaklal kind of kid. Is he in a school we would have heard of? Don't say the name, but is he in a school we would have oh, heard yeah, of? Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Mainstream type yeah, Brooklyn yeah, school. Yeah, exactly. And I think that um, in terms of what you're saying, you know, with the kids, I think it's it's... It's scary to think about the ways in which many social media influencers exploit their children for right. Instagram. So my son, Ruben, actually gets paid $20 per Insta story that he's featured in. And he sends me an invoice at the end of the day. How, how quickly do you need to pay him? Oh, right away. He, uh, and if I don't pay him... He doesn't wait, huh? No, he does not. He, he gets his men after you. Yes, and he's he like, knows where you live. Exactly. And if, if, I, don't, if I don't pay him, he goes, that's child exploitation. <laughs> And interesting, you're very open about the fact that what you're doing, and I didn't, I didn't really, you know, I, I let it slide when you said it earlier in the conversation, but now it's a good opportunity. You're very open about the fact that so much of this is sponsored and ads, and when you are at a specific, like if you would walk into a restaurant, we could assume that that restaurant has some type of business arrangement with you if you're doing it as an Insta story. True, but I try to tell the audience, try to just sit back and relax, because... You know, most of it is spontaneous. Right. Most of those Insta stories are, you know, natural interactions that are happening. Yes, I'm motivated to do it because there's a financial exchange. And this is how I allow the platform to thrive. This is how right. I handle answering 400 DMs a day. If I had a nine to five job, I can't answer 400 DMs a day. Right. Um, and I try to say, you know, try to just enjoy, sit back and relax. If you happen to consume the add part of it, then great. And if not, there's no pressure. Understood. Flatbush Girl is here. JM and the AM Tuesday. Um, do you feel a responsibility at all to inspire people in a religious sense, in a spiritual sense? Again, I, I'm not as familiar as others here with you know all the stories you do, but is there a time when you would you know, speak, especially now we've got you know, a big part of the year coming up, a yuntav, et cetera. Is there a time where you would actually spend some of your time with your public it's talking about deeper issues. Yes. Um, one of the things I've been trying to get the audience to recognize is that there's nuance. So a lot of times I'll promote or or show that I'm more my views are more aligned with um, someone more what we would call open minded. Right. And then I get a lot of support from the more liberal part of the audience. But then I started to notice a trend where they were very intolerant of the more writer side and i said this cannot this cannot continue and so i interviewed rabbi mizrahi and i shared um, some of his more you know fire and brimstone opinions about things i just saw you yeah, i would not off. i would not have interviewed him okay, i was shocked you did frankly thank you i mean i thank you what i mean to say is i'm happy you're shocked because my only goal is to jolt the brain into asking oneself why are we more tolerant of one type of person versus another if you would like them to be more open-minded to you how can you not offer them that same courtesy all right that, that, i don't know how far to go on this but i'll say the following number one there are really, really responsible rabbis out there, leaders that could have guided you differently in that situation, which you don't necessarily have to listen to. I don't listen to everything everyone tells me. Uh, and secondly, I would say that that when, when someone gives the impression that they know how God thinks, I start to be suspicious. So that that's, you know, 
I hear what you're you, saying. You get what I'm saying. I hear what you're saying. I mean, there are, of course, there are some, whatever, we can, yeah, we can go on all exactly. All another, another show we can it's do just, on this. The point is to get comfortable within right. the gray. But that's not, see, I asked you about deeper issues. You're so, talking about conflict in the community, which I get, and you want to well, be somebody who brings everyone together. That. It bleeds into that. Because I, these spiritual issues are divisive and need to be a little bit more uniting, you're exactly. saying. Exactly, and the, you know, this whole concept of off the derrick is right. becoming, like, you know, very difficult to ignore. Right. Um, and See, I would consider, by the way, I'm sorry to... No, please. I would consider, and people are going to think this is outrageous, but there are people out there who know me for, you know, many decades, so maybe they'll they'll give me the, uh, you know, cut me a little slack. I believe that things like the ban on female pictures leads to girls finding other alternatives spiritually. I'm so grateful that you're saying that. Thank you for recognizing Because people that. may think that's nuts. You know, what are you talking about? How could it? And I'm telling you, especially in this era, yeah. look at the era we're right. in, where there's so many choices for kids to go to. There's so many ways for people yes. to express themselves and find themselves, so to speak. And instead of instead of making them feel included, it's, it just doesn't work. It's really amazing that you have that perspective and well, that you feel comfortable sharing it with your audience. I think that's amazing. Well, look, you've gotten it out of me. How do you like that? <laughs> They're all going to credit Flatbush Girl. Uh, those of you who are in the 45th district in Brooklyn, New York, it is rare that we encourage people to vote for one candidate over another. But after all, you have 40,000 followers. You Thank know, you. And you told everybody to install our app. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you You'll be getting an invoice. <laughs> Your son will make sure of it, huh? You you are looking for the name Adina Sash. Adina Sash on your ballot. Adina Sash is the name you're looking for on September the 13th. Is 40,000 the number? Like if you had 15,000 or when you had 10,000, were you able to do what you're doing? Or you had to get to a certain plateau before Flatbush Girl could really monetize this and create what you've created? I think it's about selling it to the client in a way for them to understand that this is a deep audience, meaning it's not widespread that you can't convert it to foot traffic into your store. Right. Um, and so really, I think that micro influencers nowadays, people with even 2000 followers, sometimes when a message is coming from your friend, that could be so powerful to influence their choices. So I don't think it's so much about the number, but about the depth of the audience, not the width, the depth. Right. And so what some would call a niche audience. Frankly. Yeah, right. exactly. And and honestly, for me, it's really not about the number. Like I happen to grow more slowly than other people. Uh, I'm not I mean, you know, I, I don't grow so fast. Um, and for me, it's really not about that. For me, it's about that one person in the audience who is who really gets what I'm saying. Are there people on social media that you admire? Like, are there one or two people that you either, you know, follow intently because you like their strategy or people that are doing, you know, again, deeper issues or important issues that you say to yourself, you know, this is somebody that, I'm, that I want to pay careful attention to? Unfortunately, Aside from us, of course. I hear what you're saying. <laughs> Unfortunately, I have yet to see the female demographic on Instagram really uniting for causes um, that really create change. Um, I'm seeing too much of a pattern of females only feeling comfortable with cooking, with fashion, with makeup, with shaitals, and they don't feel comfortable um, venturing out into comment commenting about more important social issues. And I understand them. Does I that include Israel? Like attitudes? Yes, toward yes. And I and I understand them because what what's going on on social media is that the negative voices are very loud. Right. People are using anonymous, right. you know, usernames, and it's very intimidating to get hate 
and hateful comments on your page. So I get that they're, they don't want to be in that. Um, but I think if there's no hate, then how can you ever, how can you ever jolt people? Right. So, um, Unfortunately, I don't look around and I'm not inspired by what I see going on on Instagram. And and I have a very far way to go as well. I'm not necessarily looking at well, myself. I'm like, glad you brought that up because I would say that, and again, in the times that I've seen you, I have seen fashion, you know, themes. Right. I mean, I've seen you either either shop for or try on or 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 tour the neighborhood for a wedding dress or a wedding gown or a gown to wear at a wedding wasn't there an episode wasn't there an episode like that where you actually were were shopping am i wrong it was probably an ad it was an ad okay <laughs> but you did it right right of course right. well but if but there's messages behind the skits so i'm communicating in ways that people are familiar with they're familiar right. with shaitles i use shaitles all the time as a car bun in my videos cooking also what or do not? you mean Yes, use- definitely. Like burning things, trying right. to cook something for my husband and then it burning and showing his reaction. Right. Meaning, so I'm trying to use familiar frames of reference, but I'm trying to get to a, a thesis. There's, there's, there's what to analyze. Right. Do you, uh, are, are you posting from what we call here, uh, Havdala till candle lighting? Are you posting, you know, from the moment Shabbos is over until you're taking pictures of your Shabbos It's very table. easy to get that impression because it's as though I'm kind of documenting a little bit in the morning, afternoon, night. You know, it kind of comes full circle. So it's easy to imagine that's, that's all my life is comprised of. But um, don't forget, there's 24 hours in a day. Right. These clips are only 15 seconds long. So you do sleep and your husband does sleep and... It does. Well, I op- definitely don't sleep right. because lately with the with the whole political sphere. But it does um, operate somewhat like a normal Jewish family. Oh yes. <laughs> Do you have your favorite places to shop for food? Forget about the ads for a second. Do you I, have- I was just thinking, who do I, who do I owe loyalty to? Who do you need to push, huh? <laughs> <laughs> You're thinking like we do here. <laughs> I love that. The challenge a- is to make it entertaining. Do right? you have a favorite restaurant? You don't have eating restrictions, right? You're not like a, you're not like a, a vegetarian. No, absolutely not. You, you eat it all. I love it. I, I actually, I'm a, I'm a real foodie. I mix everything. My favorite thing to eat, my audience knows, yeah. gefilte fish and cream. Seven days a week, my favorite food. And it has to be what type of food? Anything. Like one of those sweet frozen loaves? Well, I prefer the loaves. And you prefer it sweet? Anything. I just, I like, I just love gefilte fish with the carrot. And I love on Shabbos chalent with a big piece of marble cake mixed together. To me, like that combination is incredible. What do you mean mixed together? Like pieces, mushed, you know. Marble cake in the chalent? Yes, it's very good. Or seven layer cake. That's a recipe that I don't think we've found in any of the hundreds of, of Jewish cookbooks out there. <laughs> Chocolate and chalan is a really good combination. I've heard of Coca Cola and chalan. Have you? I've never yeah. heard of that. But I've never heard of not a, a, as a I've never heard of a dessert item inside the no, chalan. No, not well, not cooking it in right, the, but, but mashing it into it once yeah, the chalan's complete. It, chunks, it's, it's really good. Interesting, and um, and it's only chrein with the gefilte fish. You're not going to go with mayonnaise. Oh yeah, chrein mayo, but, but the chrein is the icker. Right. Have you heard about this horseradish mustard that's out there? I have not. Yeah. Is that one of your sponsors? It's not a sponsor, but I've I've been very, very into mustard recently. I had eight mustards on my Shabbos table this week. Wow, nice. Yeah, and I'm trying to, it's it's an amazing uh, condiment, you know. Are you aware of that? I mean, it happens to be that mustard powder is very powerful in dishes. So, um, but yeah, we should we should read about the mustard seed. Yes, and uh, it's funny you mentioned that. I was in touch with Seth Levitt of A and H uh, Hot Dogs. Okay, and I said to him, "I'm very into this stone ground mustard 
which is so sharp. And he goes, yeah, because it's got the most mustard seed of all the mustard. So there you go. You see, I, I stumbled upon your observation. Well, is it like a craving you're having for the mustard seed? I'm not sure. I, I sort of discovered it. It's, it's, it reminds me of about 10, 15 years ago when I discovered that I don't only enjoy hot dogs with mustard. I'll eat hot dogs with ketchup as well. Blasphemy. How do you like that? I'll tell you another one that will shock you. You ready for this one? Yes. Before the age of 40, I had maybe three bananas in my life. And since, including this morning, since 40, I've had hundreds and hundreds of bananas. I I developed a taste for bananas. How do you you, you explain that? I think that is an indication of your open-mindedness to evolving. Interesting. You're not stubborn and stuck in your ways. How do you like that? Most people in this room will probably disagree with that. But, but at least when it comes to food, maybe I'm a little bit more flexible. Adina Sash is the name you're looking for. 45th District in Brooklyn, New York on September 13th at 9 p.m. There's going to be quite a celebration. Have you yes. decided where the celebration will be? I already have a celebration going on, whether I'm victorious well, of or course. not. Yeah. Yes, there's going to be a big event. We're having a big celebration. Will it be in Flatbush? It will be in Flatbush. We are <laughs> going to celebrate. We're going to be wearing gowns and makeup. We're going to make it glamorous so that so that from a superficial perspective, people are entertained by watching it. You know, you have to have the cover. The cover screen always has to look Correct. a certain way. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited about it. So you want to affect change in every way possible. One of the ways to do it is to become a political figure. Uh, have you gotten a lot of support from the quote unquote established political leaders in Brooklyn, New York? I have not. I have actually met with quite a few of them and all of them have told me that they will not be the first to endorse me. If I could convince one other one to endorse me, they won't be the Nachshon Benami Nadav. They won't jump in. No, they will not jump in because they don't want to risk any harm to their political career. Wow, and they've been I, open with you about this. Um, right, and I, to which I really am very disappointed. I can imagine. I think that being an elected official is not just about securing your paycheck. Uh, I think that it is an opportunity to affect change, and especially if you see another um, Orthodox female trying to get into the realm, not because I want you to throw me a bone, but because where else are our female Orthodox role models? Now, you don't have to think I'm a role model on all levels, but just from the gutsy level, just from having the nerve to say it's okay, it's okay to go into a man's world and still juggle being uh, Isha Schael and a mother, uh, you know, to, I think that that's an important thing for, for the men to support. Um, so it was really disappointing. Uh, I, I understand Do now. Do they realize if they'd endorse you, they'd have 40,000 people who would really be I've it? I tried to impress that <laughs> upon them, but they, they operate out of fear and look for the risk rather than the, the benefit. Right. Um, yes, it is quite disappointing. Have, but you, ever, have you ever met Judge Ruchi Fryer? She is incredible. She You've is, met her? Yes. Uh, what do you think? Well, you say she's incredible, but give me some details. What do you what think I of her? What I think is incredible about her is that she kept persevering despite the backlash. Also a support of her husband, I assume. Yeah. Oh, right. I guess that's an integral right. Uh, that. Right, component. Um, I just think to be able to continue persevering against the pushback uh, is an amazing quality. There's a documentary about her now. Yes. 93 Queen. Yeah, which I'm very, very interested in seeing. 
I wonder if any documentarian out there would feel that Flatbush Girl would be the subject of a good documentary. I actually have a little documentary coming out regarding the race. Uh, Brick TV is going to be following me as I campaign door to door uh, and over, you know, going to different events, fundraising events. And on the night of the election, they're they're going to be with me as we uh, get the final result. How many doors do you have to knock on in your district? How many doors are there in your district? Based on my analysis uh, regarding the voters who are mo- most likely to already show up, we're only talking about maybe maybe a thousand or two thousand doors can right. be can just be the make it or break it and number. That, and that, of course, as so many have learned. Uh, is the key to the election, meeting as many people personally. It's the leather. It's the boots on the ground. Um, And uh, I've created even like, I've been giving to all the people I knock on their doors. I've been giving them magnets with my phone number on it um, so that they feel as though they have a direct line of communication with the person that they might be elected. Meaning cell phone number. Well, I I mean, I have it through Google Voice. But, you know, they, that way, you know, they can just call me any, whatever's going on. If they can't reach a local elected official, if someone's blocking their driveway. You don't have that magnet with you, do you? Uh, I don't, but I will, I will give one to you. When, well, it's not for me. It's for Yoni. I want to make oh. sure he can reach Does you. Does he live in the 45th district? No, but I want to make sure he can reach you whenever we need to. Oh, sure. Absolutely. <laughs> you can always DM me also. Yoni, you know how to do that? You know how DM works? He says yes. Okay, good. Um, finally, Flatbush Girl. Uh, I have uh, only somewhat joked over the years, because I'm doing this quite a long time, and I've I've only um, uh, half-jokingly said this over the years, that when we have certain guests in studio, uh, the paparazzi lines up outside, to, and, and it's happened. It's happened where people realize, because someone's live, right. that it happened in our Jersey City studio, and it happens here, of course. Uh, but today, it's no joke. Today, I know for a fact that there are people who specifically are going to be outside because they heard you're going to be in this neighborhood this I cannot morning. wait to take a selfie. Yeah, now, now I hope they really show up. <laughs> now, now I hope they're really on the sidewalk. I think they, <laughs> think they will be. That's uh, awesome. hope they don't mistime it, if you know what I mean. Um, so, yeah, you've got quite a following, and it's uh, and it's pretty interesting. And if you'd go, do you fly to Israel ever? Yeah, of course. Okay, and have you documented your trips to Israel? Yes, I have. Which, and that's, that's in all seriousness, that's really spontaneous. I mean, that's, you know, you don't have sponsors in Israel that are... I actually had a sponsor in Israel. <laughs> okay, but that's the <laughs> exception. I'm saying that that the majority of that trip was, was really you and your family, I would assume, right? Well, there were a few sponsorships. It was not... I was motivated for, you know, for the spiritual aspect of it, you know, to be able to show our children the, our birthright. Um, but while we were there, people reached out and had, had said, oh, I, I didn't realize you were here, and then asked if, you know, we could collaborate on a story. Um, excuse my curiosity. Sure, I would love you to ask. Are you college educated? I have a master's in medieval literature. You're serious. I am serious. When you were married, you went for a master's in medieval literature. Yes. Brooklyn College? Yes. And I graduated at the 4.0. And I was inducted into Phi Beta Kappa. <laughs> so you and I could have a cursory conversation about medieval literature. Yes. Chaucer, the Pearl Poet, Gowing in the Green Knight, Arthur, you know, all of that. Wow, that's impressive, I must say. Have you revisited that topic, that genre, since you've graduated and gotten your master's? Yes, I have. I think In your spare time, you would you would feel the Shabbos need... Shabbos afternoon on the couch. Seriously? Yes. What else is on your Shabbos reading list besides that? 
Um, the newspapers that don't show women's faces. You do read So them. I can get my little venting out, right. you know? It's therapeutic. You can be infuriated. It's cathartic. So when you see a, a when you see that a couple is being honored, yet they show the face of the man and nobody else in the picture, right. that would be one of the ways you would vent and it would be exactly. cathartic for you. Exactly. Right. And you know, I, I have to, I, and I feel like I get more schar from not ripping the newspaper right. on Shabbos. Right. So I like to put myself in that situation because like, right. I just get... Another More example. In the world to come. Another example, if I may. When you see a Pesach program with seven male speakers and three female speakers, and you see seven photos in that ad, another opportunity for you to to discuss in your own head the absurdity of the entire thing. Yes, and also when I see that they show photos of classrooms right. in the community, right. to me that's the most heartbreaking. That they'll show four, five, six, seven-year-olds uh, Sidurim plays. Um, you know. And it's just the boys' schools. And what kind of message are we sending our precious little girls? We say, But are we poisoning and twisting that pasuk by sheltering them completely? By sheltering them from the public eye completely? Like you said, I think that it's, you know, just a breeding ground for them feeling objectified and disenchanted with with our beautiful heritage. Two boys or a boy and a girl? Two boys. I'm still not yotze my purvu requirement. <laughs> is that something that you've discussed with your audience? Or you've, you've saved that for this us? This is the first time. <laughs> this is the first time you've mentioned it. Would you like to have a daughter? Um, because I, it would pose certain challenges, you know. It definitely would. Um, it would pose challenges. You know, um, I'm the only girl of three boys. Ah. So uh, I'm comfortable being in an old, like an only where boy are family. You, where are you among the three I'm brothers? I'm the oldest. You're the oldest and then yeah. you have three brothers. Three younger oh, brothers. That must be interesting. I loved it. I loved it. You should know everyone was like, oh, do you want a sister? And I'm like, if my mother has a girl, I'm out of here. My daughters might say that boys are more exciting. To grow up with the girls. They might say that. Right. I don't know. You know. I don't know. I guess it's how he raised them. Right. Interesting. Uh, well, it's been an, uh, <clears throat> a very interesting encounter. I'm so happy. I really loved it. Thank you so much. I appreciate you being here. Flopush girl. Uh, oh, we should go through everything. You are on Facebook. It's not just Instagram. You are on Facebook. People will find you. If they search Flopush girl. On Instagram, what should they Flopush girl. Flopush girl. On Twitter. Twitter, Flappish Girl, Flappish underscore girl. Anything else we need to know? Or? Well, you can go check out my website, voteflappishgirl.com. Voteflappishgirl.com. Yes, you'll be able to read more about, you know, my platform and the things I stand for. Um, and that's really it. Who helped you write the platform? Write the platform? Yeah, or you did it yourself? Um, I think myself, just looking at the observations, you right. know, what other people were saying. I was saying the opposite. And I have to, uh, <laughs> anything people said, you would, you would automatically just say the opposite. I have to thank uh, one of our uh, associate producers, Yosef Siegel, for setting this conversation yes. up. I met him. You met him on I the political he... scene out there in Brooklyn. He also, I believe, has not tossed in an endorsement for you yet. I'm going to see if I could change that. But uh, <laughs> we, we got to get somebody out there. We got to get somebody on the Brooklyn you know what? political scene. It's funny. I think that's what makes me similar to like Rookie Fryer and other people who have persevered. The less endorsements and support I get, the more stronger I get. Mm. You know, we say we're a stubborn nation. Right. And it, this is just motive. You're, you're a perfect example. I of am a perfect example. <laughs> I, like, you know, the, the less support I get, the more, the more my resolve gets that I need to show my audience what it means to win against 
against having no sperm. So it would be helpful for you if I didn't endorse you. Yes, please you do not me. get me an endorsement. That will ruin the narrative. Right. Even if I would endorse you, that would be bad. So I won't say a word. <laughs> uh, Adina Sash is the name you're looking for if you're in the 45th District in Brooklyn, New York. It's September the 13th. We'll remind you as we get closer. And finally, what does your day look like today? Will this be a typical Tuesday? Will it be a summer Tuesday? How would you de- how would you describe the Flatbush Girl uh, next uh, 12 hours or so? Knocking on doors. Um, connecting with the members of the community, and that's just basically it. We're in campaigning so you, mode. I was just saying, you're in full political mode? Full-blown full, full blown campaigning Til mode, Until yes. September 13th? Yes. I mean, it, it'll be a shock if people even see any of your updates. There there won't be anything between now and the 13th. Well, no, I so document big. along the I way. <laughs> I know, and I'm sure people find it a lot of fun to follow it. Thank you very, very much. Thank you so much. Thank and, you. And my daughters do send special regards. One is in Camp Misora. Okay. And one is in Israel. Let's make a little video for her that you could WhatsApp to her. I would like to do that because they, I think they're devastated that this was the day we decided to Absolutely. bring you here. Absolutely. And you'll tell me your username so I can see the conversations I've had with her. There you go. Thank you. All right. Flatbush Girl on a historic Tuesday morning here at JM in the AM. Coming up, this is JM in the AM. That was my conversation with Flatbush Girl on this, the initial JM Rewind for season number seven of the Nahum Siegel Network. Rabbi Judah Michelle, Camp Hask, he joined us on the uh, during the very last week of Camp Hask after the uh, campers had just left um, Parksville, New York, uh, to sort of wrap up the summer of 2018 during a recent visit by telephone to JM in the AM. Rabbi Judah Michelle. His most recent appearance on JM and the AM, part of this JM Rewind program here at the Nahum Siegel Network. JM and the AM on this uh, Wednesday morning. Guess what, everybody? An email that I received um, yesterday reads as follows. Listen carefully. Camp Hask has declared that there are 315 days remaining till the summer of 2019. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the, the countdown has begun. The buses are barely cooled off from the ride home. And the countdown has begun. With us live via telephone, the executive director of Camp Pass, Rib Judah Michelle. Rib Judah, Boker Tov, welcome back to JM in the AM. Boker Tov. Oh, by the way, people wanted me to ask you, uh, in light of yesterday, did you do anything special for the yard site of Rav Cook, or uh, it just happened to be his yard site yesterday? The buses left camp, and um, they were on their way to Eretz Israel, but they stopped off in the Five Towns and uh, in Teaneck and in Brooklyn. That's how you commemorated the art site, huh? <laughs> it's, actually, it's actually a good idea, no doubt about that. I also yeah. th- I thought it was appropriate that Nefesh Benefesh left with their charter flight yesterday. Yeah. So, Nothing's so, a coincidence. So camp ended Monday, is that correct? Was it yesterday? Camp, end, camp ended yesterday. It was yesterday. Okay, so Tuesday, yesterday, camp ends. Yesterday. Now, this is, uh, you have to admit, and you've seen this before, so it's not like you're not used to it. This is one of the most interesting and dramatic scenes of the entire year, right? When when this preda, when this separation takes place between the campers, counselors, and campus up at Camp Ask. Yeah, it's, 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 it's heart-wrenching. Uh, it is. It's so, it's so sad. It's, uh, but it's also one of the most inspiring and uplifting moments because you see how, what type of an incredible relationship is able to be developed over the course of, uh, of one summer. Counselors and staff members crying over their campers leaving and the, the campers, uh, the, 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 the love and the 
connection. It's 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 such a um, it's such a dialectic. On one hand, it's so heartbreaking. On the other hand, it's really it's so powerful and impressive and a real testimony to the dedication and the commitment and the the relationships that have been formed. It's really uh, it's really it's really a sight to behold. We always uh, we always say it's kind of like uh, it's like those moments of Neila. Right. When, uh, when, so to speak, the gates are closing and um, you have such a, a rush of emotion and an intensity of an outpouring of love, it's really, uh, it's really something. Does the uh, does the three fifteen statistic soften the blow, or nobody's yet focused on the end of June twenty nineteen? <laughs> I mean, we're focused on the end of it now, but we have meetings all day today. Uh, wow! The maintenance staff uh, already busy. Clearing land and building and uh, getting things ready for uh, new construction for next summer. Wow. Uh, they're going building to building, doing all sorts of internal improvements, and uh, and then the upper staff today are working on uh, on working on scheduling and working on ways that we could tighten up and improve. There's always ways to improve, even something that's uh, that's amazing. Unbelievable. We're doing that now. That's happening. That's happening right now. Already. The whole thing is incredible. Now, you, Rabjuda Michelle, you and many others up at Hask are very, very aware of the fact that you uh, you opened up to the community this summer and, and said, we need your help worldwide. Uh, would you say that the response worldwide was simply remarkable for Camp Hask? Yeah, it was, uh, it, was, it, was, it was really encouraging. It was really amazing. There were over 2,600 people who responded to that. Wow. Yeah, it was really something uh, awesome. And uh, I also believe that it'll continue. I mean, there are a lot of ways that we're going to be able to reach out to the community this year uh, to be part of different activities and be a part of different experiences, um, whether it's alumni or it's families. Uh, we've got a number of great respite opportunities planned for uh, our campers and their families this year. So uh, it, was, it, was, it was extraordinary. We opened up the gates, and uh, the response was the response was overwhelmingly positive. Oh, uh, one more point. We sh- one more point we should make about the separation, and that is that, especially with the early yuntif, uh, and I say it that way because um, uh, counselors, staff members, and campers often reunite on holidays like Simchas Torah, etc. It will probably be in a very short number of weeks. That uh, that many of the campers and counselors that you know they, that were together this summer, you know, counselors that took care of those specific campers, will be reunited. We'll be visiting them and their families. We'll be visiting them and their communities. Times like Simchas Torah or a regular Shabbos during the year. This is true. We have uh, we have actually a program here in camp called Simchaton. Oh, that happen- That happens in Hask every year. It's Simchaton. We have got a few hundred people here for Yontif. I didn't realize it happens up yeah, there. Simchaton. We also have right now this uh, this week as we speak. I'm looking out the window. Uh, we have camp after camp, which is another week of camp Hask that's run through Hask Center. Wow. Uh, that's an all girls program. Uh, it's a little smaller and a little bit of a different nature than uh, than the, than, the, than the last couple of months. Right. But the, also a beautiful beautiful program that uh, that reaches. Even a different part, a different demographic of the Jewish community. So, uh, it's things are still things are still knocking over here. Things are still happening over here, and uh, simchaton planning is happening this afternoon. <laughs> so, <laughs> and like I said, it's sooner than people think. It's one of those early years, you know. Yeah, yeah we also have our, our we have right now. We've got about a dozen counselors that are that are either at their campers' homes or on their way back from flying with their campers, accompanying them uh, to California, Canada. Uh, and, all the, and even all the way to Eretz Israel. Wait a second. There are counselors who experienced the sleeplessness of the last couple of nights of camp and then went and then went to an airport with their camper and flew with them for the purpose of accompanying them before their parents greet them at the, at the airport where they're going. 
tens, tens of counselors. Yes. Yeah. Otherwise, uh, you know, we can't campers coming from all over the world, and uh, they need to get home. You and know, that and that includes but... Israel. There there are some counselors who landed in Israel <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> Uh, there actually, there's actually a camper who's staying at her counselor's house for a couple of days with her parents and the whole family, uh, and flying, uh, flying tomorrow. Actually, so that uh, they're there for Shabbos and then spending Shabbos at the at the camper's home with their family in uh, Yushalayim, and then coming back. So when these counselors sign their contracts, you, you really the, those dates got to be real flexible. <laughs> yeah, and people are signing up for a lifetime of giving. Also, it's uh, it, it, it's we stress it over and over and over again. What we're doing here is not just about providing a service for seven weeks uh, and a few days of training in the beginning. We're, we're really incubating leadership and responsibility for a lifetime. We're trying to develop and shape the way people see each other through the prism of a haftal recha kamocha. I know, but every and, time I hear I know, but every time I hear one of these little details, like what you just told us, you know, I, I'm I'm doing this a long time. We've been speaking to people at Hask for many, many years, as you know. And, and this one resonates with me. I don't think I've heard it before, that you know, counselors are not landing in their homes by bus yesterday, but they're landing either yesterday or today in different parts of the world with their campers. Yeah, so. it's, uh, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty wild. It's, it's pretty amazing. Judah Michelle is with us. All right, um, because this is going to be the question I get all day now, have they chosen a date for a time for music or nothing's public yet? I don't think anything is, uh, is public. I know that there is, uh, there's always, it's always in the very beginning of January. Right. And it's always amazing. It's always amazing. And uh, I'll just say in terms of music, mm. a little bit of a teaser over here, uh, I think that, uh, that the community has a lot to look forward to and that mm. uh, we've got a lot of great stuff planned uh, in different locations and different places. Uh, but one thing that will be certain is that uh, it's always awesome and it's always a beautiful night of people uh, getting together and showing support and enjoying the premier night of Jewish music uh, throughout the year. What were your thoughts during the concert up on Hask Experience Day? <laughs> it was amazing, huh? That was quite that was quite an event. I would love to. The truth is, I would love that if we could figure that out in, in January. I mean, maybe you can uh, talk to some of the powers that be over here. Uh, if we can get one of those, uh, like like we had here, like the wheelchair accessible uh, yeah. ride, that was awesome in the middle of the concert, huh? Having that on the lawn, having the campers being able to go up in the air and uh, and enjoy that. While the music was going, I thought that was awesome. Yeah, that was that was quite an event. Those of you who watched it, because there were so many Facebook lives going on, and those of you who actually there experienced it, because there were, you know, God knows, I mean, there were probably over a thousand people there during the day, right? I would guess. At um, least. Yeah, they think that the the guards at the gate, the uh, <laughs> the auxiliary police officers at the gate, because they were counting <laughs> to make sure that we, uh, Gosh. we kept it to have the parking and the permits. There were sixteen hundred guests that uh, that came that day, so we had. Uh, we had about 2,500 people here So there were at, people, that, uh, at that program. So when it seemed to me there were people parking in the next town, there were really people parking in the next town. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're going to work on that for next year. <laughs> Unbelievable. All right, Rip yeah. Judah Michelle, there he is. He's. Uh, I thought he'd be taking a deep breath, a sigh of relief, uh, resting a bit, but it sounds like uh, there's uh, plenty of activity still up there in Parksville, New York, on the Hass campus. Yeah, we have uh, we had two minyanim this morning. What? Two minyanim this morning, and uh, meetings all day, and people going to and fro, and, and this beautiful camp after camp run by Hask Center as a respite uh, for families. It's really uh, something really very beautiful. And by the way, because a lot of listeners around the world participated, let's remind everybody that we, we didn't just accomplish we cast and not just accomplish the uh, the goal that they had set for themselves. If I'm not mistaken, there was a bonus round, and they accomplished that goal as well. 
Yeah, and uh, I'll just correct you. It was, it was we. It was we very, very much. It was with your support and your help and everyone in the community. Everybody took part in it. And uh, Isn't it nice when you see those international donations? People, yeah, People amazing. who are so far away. It was amazing. Away. It was also, you know, it was encouraging and beautiful, just the amount of people who, uh, who joined in. And, uh, you know, we were asking everyone to keep on giving and keep on being a part of us. Keep us in mind, Yom Narayim time. Shuvah, Tefillah, Tzedakah. Keep us in mind in your Tefillahs and your prayers. Keep our families and our campers in mind in your prayers. And when we talk about the Jewish people and we talk about this generation and kids these days, keep our staff in mind to realize just how, how powerful and optimistic we have, our, our community has to be about, the, about the, the young people who are such givers and so helpful and so great. They were really extraordinary. Everybody has a lot to be proud of this summer. That's for sure. And you'll see the students who are going where in Israel this year? You will be Everywhere. <laughs> you're, you're literally in how many of the different yeshivas? Everywhere. everywhere. We have kids in 19 different uh, institutions. No, I'm saying they'll say you. I'm I'm be, I'll be, we'll be everywhere. We'll be all over. Myself and uh, Ravavi Pollock. Unbelievable. Uh, the, our program director, our uh, staff development uh, director, Dr. Benji Epstein. And uh, on the women's side, Shuli Sohn, who runs our staff development for women and our women's based medicine program. We all live in Israel, and we will be visiting each and every one of those seminaries, yeshivas, and college programs. Uh, and sure, Lumi programs. Uh, we have a lot of people volunteering in Israel this year. Also, uh, we'll be all, we'll be all, we'll be at all of them, and we'll be in touch with all those kids. And uh, we're looking forward to having them at uh, at a yum at a Sarasamei uh, barbecue that uh, we're doing in Beit Shemesh for all of our uh, our staff. So we're we're on it. This Amazing. is a this is a year round a year round movement that we're, uh, we're we're really investing in. Rabbi Judah, to you, Shmiel, Jeremy, everybody, thanks for including us, and uh, may we go from strength to strength, and I wish you, maybe we'll speak before, but who knows, they wish you a very happy and healthy 5779. Shana Tova. Thank you, and, and thank you to everybody. Thank you to the entire Jewish community and all the listeners for being a part of what we're doing here. It's, it's, it's everyone's chos. Thank you, Rabbi Judah. Rabbi Judah Michelle, Executive Director up at Camp Hass. Yeah. A lot of activity there. You thought it was over yesterday? No, no, no. <laughs> they are continuing to supervise a tremendous amount of activity and meetings and the revelation of the morning. <laughs> there are counselors accompanying their campers, not just to uh, to uh, Brooklyn and New Jersey, but they are uh, camper- counselors that are accompanying their campers halfway around the world if necessary uh, to get them home safe and sound. That was by Judah Michelle, who uh, appeared recently at the very end of the Hask camping season that does it for our first jm rewind of season number seven of the nachum siegel network thanks so much for tuning in make sure to check out and comment the ns comment on the nsn app the nachum siegel network app for android and iphone and make sure to tune in every single morning to jm and the am and to all of our great programming all through the day keep it right here and keep listening to the nachum siegel network